And away we go for a Monday. It is August 29th. Good morning, San Antonio. Trey Ware here on KTSA. Phones are always open as we go through the headlines at 210-599-5555. There's Don, there's Jimmy, there's Elaine, and away we go. And uh, any of these headlines you want to jump in on, feel free. Well, the liberal uh, uh, leadership in San Antonio is making San Antonio a very dangerous place to even live anymore. Headline from KSAT 12, man shot multiple times during apparent road rage incident in critical condition, according to police. Now, our, our headlines in San Antonio are covered up with uh, stuff just like this. Dangerous, dangerous stuff that is happening across our city. It's every day that we see stuff like that. It used to be just a weird, you know, off-shot chance that something like this would happen in San Antonio. But now this is a common occurrence, and there's only one thing that you can point to, and that's the liberal policies from the leadership of San Antonio. Uh, it started with uh, the, the mayor saying, you know what, he supports BLM. He supports defund the police. This guy named Pharaoh is going to come work for me at city council. I support the policies here of BLM in my GD city, said Ron Nirenberg. That's where it all began. The policies of defunding police, slandering police, saying awful things about police, allowing bottles of urine, frozen bottles to be thrown at police during BLM riots. That's where it all began. And then it continued with a police chief that goes and rescues illegal aliens uh, in San Antonio and allows them to be distributed throughout the United States of America. And then you've got Let Them Go Joe. The DA, who says, ah, no, it's all right, you can go. Ah, it's all right, you can go. No, that's all right, you can go. So the story goes like this. It was a Saturday, Calabria Road in Loop 1604. A driver of a Toyota Camry got out of the vehicle. They got stuck behind a stopped pickup truck. Walked up to the driver of the pickup truck, and a person who was driving the Toyota pulled out a gun and started shooting at the truck driver striking that person several times that person was taken to the hospital and last uh, report here from case that says uh, in critical condition a third driver that was stopped in traffic near the truck then fired gunshots toward the toyota driver before they got into their vehicle and sped away from the scene whether they knew each other or not whether it was just a road rage incident which they have called this before in the media the police were calling it a road rage. whatever this was this is just one more act of violence that we have uh, awakened to in San Antonio that are spiking up in San Antonio, all quadrants of the city. This was at Calabria in 1604 on the northwest side. But it wasn't that long ago you had a young man driving a car down I-35 on the northeast side who was shot while driving his vehicle. The random acts of violence or the paybacks for gang violence or whatever it might be throughout San Antonio has spiked to an unbelievable level. And my warnings have been the same and have been consistent throughout all of this. You get to a point like Chicago and you tip over, and the next thing you know, you are Chicago with hundreds being killed every week in your city. San Antonio's headed toward that, folks. Whether whether they want the liberal leadership wants to admit it or not, their policies have brought violent crime to a boiling point in San Antonio, where now people reach out to me. They're texting me. They're sending me direct messages through social media, and they're saying, I don't even want to live in San Antonio anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to find a place outside of San Antonio to, to have a safe place to raise my children. My children don't feel safe in San Antonio any longer. I don't feel safe in San Antonio any longer, they say to me. So 
Anyway, uh, that's that's basically uh, what happened uh, over the weekend with with violence, but not the only form of violent crime that happened in San Antonio over the weekend. Well, El Paso is on the bus, literally. El Paso is now, according to the Texas Tribune, <laughs> busing illegal immigrants to New York City. <laughs> well, hey, New York City is a sanctuary city, and the mayor up there, Eric Adams, has said that on a number of occasions. And now we get the report from the New York Post today that city officials are struggling to provide a promised intake center and hotel rooms to these illegal immigrants that are being shipped by busload from Texas. So last week, uh, the the governor sent, you know, I don't know the total number because we don't have the total number yet. Uh, The week before, he had sent almost 20. We know in one day last week, he sent over five buses to New York City. And (laughs) you couple that with what he's sending to Washington, D.C., and now El Paso is in on the gig. El Paso's doing it. And now you've got uh, Governor Ducey out in Arizona doing the exact same thing. It is a trend that began with our governor, and it is getting the attention of the so-called sanctuary cities because, well, every time they talk about it, they say, we don't want these people here. We don't want them here. We can't take them. We have nowhere to put them. Well, welcome to the party. (laughs) That's exactly what Texas has been saying for years and especially since Joe Biden has been president, we have been saying we can't continue this pace. And they're not, they, you know what? They're just getting a little tiny, tiny, tiny taste of what's going on here in Texas. So enjoy it, y'all. Judge Aileen Cannon on Saturday afternoon says that she's got preliminary intent to appoint a special master to review the Trump record seized by the FBI. A hearing is set for September 1. She also ordered the Justice Department to file a response by August 30th and provide under seal a more detailed receipt for property specifying all property seized pursuant to the search warrant uh, executed August 8th, 2022. Now, if you remember, and we have the sound, if you remember early on in uh, President Trump's presidency, when he was talking about the swamp, when he was talking about going after the swamp. Little did we all know the swamp was going after him in such a vicious way, right? But Chuck Schumer appeared on Rachel Maddow's show, and he said this. But he's, he's taking these shots, this antagonism, yep. this taunting to the intelligence tell community. You, you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. All right, so the New York Times now says, in an editorial published on Friday, the New York Times editorial board is demanding the prosecution of Donald Trump. Senator Graham says it's a horrible idea, and he cites the reasons that he says it's a horrible idea. I'm going to cover that for you coming up in our next segment. And in Indiana, an unanticipated shutdown? Oh, I say that with a question mark. And now it didn't take long with Biden economics. We now have the student debt amnesty, a uh, student debt amnesty, and what it uh, could be costing now, according to a very well-known model that's being run by an economic school. So we got all that to cover for you too. Coming up, Trey Ware, KTSA, hey. FM one hundred seven one. Oh, baby, it's a five eighteen at KTSA. We go through the headlines this morning. New York Times and their editorial board is demanding. They're making a demand that Donald Trump. Be prosecuted. That's right. They want him uh, indicted for criminal prosecution. Uh, The board arguing that despite the risk of violence that could stem from the criminal indictment of Trump, 
It is warranted and wise because Trump has brought shame to America. He has destabilized the future of the country. That's right. It's all Donald Trump. Mr. Trump's unprecedented assaults on the integrity of American democracy requires a criminal investigation, says the New York Times. That's rich, isn't it? That is so rich. When you consider all of the establishment Republicans and Democrats that have led us down this road to destruction of democracy in America, and when you consider an FBI that is pitching for one team over the other, that's just rich. That one man has destabilized the country. That one man, quote, has assaulted the integrity of American democracy, and he must be tried as a criminal in the courts of America. And the New York Times saying, when all else failed, he roused an armed mob that stormed the Capitol and threatened lawmakers. Let me tell you what the New York Times is doing here, because they work for the Democrat Party, which means... Joe Biden and, well, the Biden administration and Merrick Garland, they're leaking information to the New York Times. They're writing these pieces for the New York Times in order for the New York Times to make it okay in the national consciousness to indict a former president. Listen, this is politics, right? That's all this is. The Democrat Party knows that we have had a tradition in this country forever of not going back and indicting previous presidents or lawmakers to a large extent. Um, even Richard Nixon, when Gerald Ford stood up and he said, for national healing, a full and complete pardon goes to Richard Nixon. No, not going to do that with Donald Trump, because why? We can't have Donald Trump run against us because he will beat us. This is pure politics with the Democrats, CYA, the Democrats trying to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't run for office in 2024, because they know they're going to lose. They know that. So, the New York Times goes on to say, in the hours after federal agents began a court-approved search, court-approved, you like that? A court-approved search, with a judge they handpicked, an anti-Trump judge on social media, who was an anti-Trump guy from the very beginning. Court-approved search of Mr. Trump's residence in Palm Beach. His most fervent supporters escalated their rhetoric to the language of warfare. Isn't that interesting? They're now saying that it's Trump's followers who are talking about warfare. No, it's not. Joe Biden just last week called Trump followers semi-fascists. And there's no such thing as a You're either a fascist or you're not. No such thing as a semi-fascist. And who are the fascists in, in, in all of the history of the world? Who were the most infamous fascists? Who was, was Joe Biden tying Donald Trump followers to? Hitler, of course. The Nazis. The most famous fascist of all time. When Joe Biden said that last week, he was equating Donald Trump's followers to the Nazis. That's exactly what he was doing. And so the New York Times follows up and says, no, it's them that are spiking the warfare conversation. No, it's not. No, it's not. The, the angry rhetoric, the rhetoric of, of defamation is coming from the Democrats and Joe Biden. The New York Times goes on to say Mr. Trump's actions as a public official like no others since the Civil War attacked the heart of our system of government. He used the power of his office to subvert the rule of law. Actually, if you look at what the swamp has been doing in getting particular individuals elected, well, you know exactly who has been subverting the rule of law. You know exactly what has been going on. In fact, Miranda Devine, writing today in the New York Post, says that Facebook Mark Zuck, uh, Facebook boss Mark Zuckerberg inadvertently revealed that the FBI 
had been more explicit than previously known in its private warning about Russian disinformation shortly before the New York Post published the Hunter Biden laptop story, which the social media company suppressed before the 2020 election. And Facebook won't say exactly what the FBI told them. That's why you have to put Zuckerberg under oath and anybody at Facebook that had anything to do with it under oath because you have to ask them. Now, Joe Rogan, this all happened on Rogan's podcast, asked if the FBI had told Facebook to be on guard specifically for the story from the New York Post about Hunter Biden's laptop. And Zuckerberg said, well, I don't, I, you know, I don't remember specifically, uh, yeah, but it basically fit a pattern, you know. And then in response to the questions from the New York Post last week, Facebook is now refusing. They've zipped the lip. They've lawyered up. They won't give the date of the FBI private briefing or details of the, quote, pattern the FBI told Zuck to be looking for. Well, mission accomplished, of course, through all of that, because the polls show the outcome of the election would have been completely different if the story had not been censored. The FBI's involvement, the censorship amounted to election interference, clearly. So now the question is, how did the FBI know about the New York Post story weeks before it was published? Maybe even before the New York Post even had the information. Well, it's very interesting. The question is now being raised whether the FBI was spying on John Paul Mac Isaac. He's the owner of the Delaware Mac uh, repair shop where Hunter had abandoned his laptop. Isaac believed he was under surveillance after he first contacted the FBI October 9th, 2019. He had told him the laptop and told about all that and you know, the crimes that it contained and everything. And the FBI was, was uh, well, hostile toward him. And they had a visit to his Delaware home, Mike DeMeo and Joshua Wilson from the FBI, their Baltimore office. And then they went back to his store later. And they were carrying a subpoena when they went back to his store. And the case ID on the receipt that the FBI gave Mr. Isaac was linked to a money laundering case about the Baltimore field office. And what is not known until, well, after the election was that a U.S. attorney in Delaware, David Weiss, had been investigating Hunter since 2018. It's not recent. They had been investigating him since 2018. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Rudy Giuliani entered the picture then in May of 2019. And it is clear to the folks at the Post, and Miranda Devine writing this, that the FBI spied on, the, uh, on Rudy uh, Giuliani's cloud for two years. That's a month after he began working with then-President Donald Trump's personal attorney. They raided Rudy's east side apartment. Then the FBI returned all of his devices without charging him and then told the New York Times he was no longer under investigation. So the FBI had access to all of his emails and iMessages for two years. Were they spying on Rudy to spy on Trump? Remember the New York Times saying that Donald Trump was the one who was subverting democracy in America. But here all the back story is starting to come out about what the FBI was doing on behalf of one side, the Joe Biden Democrat side. Trump rarely writes emails or texts, so they came up empty. But, but they probably saw an email to Giuliani from his lawyer, Bob Costello, saying, wow, basically... We got all kinds of emails here from Hunter and the interdiction to stop the Ukrainian investigation of Burisma. 
We're on the verge of a game-changing production of indisputable evidence of the corruption we have long suspected involving the Bidens in Ukraine. But there is so much more. And then he forwarded Mac Isaac's original email addresses to Giuliani. Was it then that they contacted Facebook? Had they been monitoring Rudy Giuliani and saw that Rudy Giuliani's attorney had some blockbuster information from that laptop, and after spying on him, did they turn around and then contact Facebook and say, anything you hear that's off of this laptop or about a laptop, it's not true? Possibly. If they were spying on Rudy Giuliani and they saw that information come to Rudy Giuliani, then they certainly wanted to shut that information down or turn it into, well, it's just propaganda. Meanwhile, Senator Graham says, if Donald Trump is indicted, there will be riots in the streets. He said most Republicans, including me, believe when it comes to Trump, there is no law. It's all about getting him. There is a double standard when it comes to Trump. What happened with Hunter Biden the FBI weighed in to make sure the story didn't break before the 2020 election. We now have whistleblowers at the FBI uh, that they were told to back off of Hunter Biden. And uh, Graham went on to say, I'll say this, if there's a prosecution of Donald Trump for mishandling classified information after the Clinton debacle, there will be riots in the streets. If they try to prosecute President Trump for mishandling classified information after Hillary Clinton set up a server in her basement, there literally will be riots in the streets, and I worry about our country, says uh, Senator Graham. Well, I do too. I worry about the deep state, and I worry about where they are taking us, and I worry about what they're doing behind the scenes for cert- against certain individuals and putting their fingers on the, uh, on the scales when it comes to elections. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. I'll- It's 535 at KTSA. It's the 29th of August, the last week of August. Goodbye, August. We're ready to get rid of you. <laughs> we're ready for the for the heat and all that to be gone, and we're ready for the unofficial end of summer, which is coming up uh, this weekend. A long Labor Day weekend coming up this weekend as well, as Monday is uh, Labor Day. Um, so locally, we've got a story here between a, a battle that's going on for the county judgeship. And uh, just so you'll know, San Antonio and Bear County, for that matter, which of course encompasses San Antonio, has been run by good old boy backroom politics now as, as long as 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 I can remember. So beyond my life, and I've been in media in San Antonio for fifty years, and um, I can tell you that uh, the backroom dealings and all that stuff that's been going on all this time, the good old boy, you know that good old boy club. And if you're not in a good old boy club, you don't get to play. And they, and they really don't have an outsider that really comes in and shakes them, shakes things up. You have to be kind of blessed by one of the insiders in order to be able to be a part of it and, and to get in on the good old boy club. It it, it really is. I mean, it's it's um, you know, we have cities across the country that have been run this way for quite some time, but San Antonio truly is one of those places where it's the good old boy wheeling and dealing, and there's certain individuals in the community that uh, receive the 
the honor of being blessed by those that are in power in San Antonio and in Bear County. It's gone on forever. I mean, how else do you have a county judge? One individual gets to be county judge for 110 years. <laughs> it's like, okay, there's only one way that's going to happen. You got to go to a boy club. And, you know, you could throw throw names around all day long, but you know who they are because you see their names and, the you know. But there are those that are behind the scenes that are kingmakers and all that that you probably, you, you, you know their names, but you don't know that they're that much involved in it. So in, in the county judge race, you've got an outsider, a political outsider, a relatively new political outsider in Trista Berry who's coming along and has not been in politics all that long and has been around in the PR uh, industry for a long time, ran for mayor at one time, but has not been a political figurehead. And I don't believe was part of the good old boy politics in downtown, right? And now the person she's running against, Peter Sky, he's been in politics in San Antonio and Bear County for as long as I've known that name. And so she has challenged him to a series of four unscripted debates, one debate in each uh, county precinct that they would represent as judge as you well know we have precinct commissioners for each precinct and then the county judges for the whole county and she said you know we, we need to get together and do this and uh the honorable peter sakai says no we don't no uh i'm not not taking up your offer today we're, we're already getting together for these forms around the city where we're going to do forms but i'm not going to do a formal unscripted one-on-one debate with you in each of these uh, districts i've got other stuff to do and uh it's it's uh, not necessary to be able to do it and you're you're bringing this up by the way uh and you're spreading disinformation and that's uh what what is the liberal line these days threat to our democracy our democracy deserves better says peter sakai well i mean doesn't the democracy deserve to hear from the candidates one-on-one, face-to-face, mano a mano? So DeBerry has answered the letter from Sakai, the refusal rejection letter, where he starts off, thank you for your email, your evident enthusiasm for spending time with me. That's a little snarky. However, I will not be accepting your offer. Well, she says, like most voters in Bear County, I don't know anything about Peter's position on big issues or his plan if elected mansplaining to me what voters care about and how they are best served by someone who spent his career avoiding tough questions is laughable. So she would like to do four unscripted debates, one held in each county precinct. And uh, she says, to sum it up, Peter has no problem taking millions of dollars in his salary from taxpayers, but won't take a few questions from those same taxpayers. Well, that's how business is done in Bear County. That's how business is done in the city of San Antonio. These elected officials, they're, they're happy to be elected officials. They're happy to have all the position and prestige and honor that comes with being an elected official. But very few of them are willing to answer questions and to be accountable to the taxpayers of Bear County and San Antonio. That's the way this place is run. And it's been run that way for a long, long time. Trish goes on to say, rather than accept my challenge or propose a reasonable counter, Peter resorted to personal attacks in a very emotional letter stating his absolute opposition to a true debate format. I don't like, uh, or I don't know why he is afraid to debate me. Well, I, I'll just tell you, Trish, uh, the reason he doesn't want to debate you or any of the guys that are in the in the clique in the club downtown is because you're not. Plain and simple. You're not in the club. 
Now, if you were in a club and y'all hung out together and ran together and did all that, you know, if you had been in there 150 years downtown and all that kind of stuff and y'all were in a club together, well, then they would debate you, but it'd be kind of like a fake debate. You know how they do those things, you know? It's all fake. It's just, it's a show. It's put on. Yeah, well, happy to do that. But see, you're not. You're not. And if you're not a part of their club and their clique in in San Antonio and in Bear County about running this stuff, well, then they're not interested in talking to you. And it's all run out the clock. They, they, They get the big bucks. They get the donors that spend a lot of money with them. They can buy all the TV and all the billboards that trash up every street corner in town for years. You'll be seeing those billboards laying around for years. They get all that kind of stuff, and they can run from the questions. They don't have to answer the questions. A la the current mayor. He's done the exact same thing. And these other guys that are in the good old boys club, they're going to continue to do that, and they'll do it forever. That's the way this city and this county is run forever. Outsiders trying to come in, trying to bust up the, the, the little cabal downtown? No, not interested in having any fresh ideas and new people in there. Well, the Department of Transportation, there's an interesting story. The Department of Transportation has declared a regional emergency affecting four Midwest states after a fire caused an unanticipated shutdown. That's a, quote, unanticipated shutdown of BP oil refinery in Indiana. BP Whiting, the sixth largest refinery in the U.S., refining over 400,000 barrels of oil per day, is now shut down as it undergoes damage assessment after a fire knocked out their electrical power and cooling water systems last week. The shutdown caused the federal government to take action and address the looming shortage of fuel output affecting Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, and Wisconsin, those states collectively receive 25% of their fuel from this refinery that has been shut down by this fire. Gas prices are already surging again, and a restart date of this refinery is, quote, uncertain. Of course it is. Along with all the fires at food processing plants across America as well. Well, it didn't take long, but now we're finding out, getting getting a little bit better idea from the Wharton School of uh, of Economics, what the uh, plan is going to cost to transfer student debt from the students who said that they were going to pay that debt to you and me, the working stiffs. We're going to talk about that and a a laughable meme that is floating around the internet concerning that concerning that we'll talk about that coming up and the pledge of allegiance to trey ware ktsa grouping newsmaker hotline hey get well soon beto o'rourke little bobby uh, don't let them stuff you in the basement and run the campaign down there okay get well soon come back out on the pan- ca- campaign trail Remember, he did it last time, too. He, he left the campaign. Remember? You, you, you don't remember. Okay, last time he did this, he ran. He, he left the campaign trail to go look for a blind squirrel. This time he's got a bacterial infection. I certainly hope he's okay. I don't want anything bad to happen to him at all. So w- welcome back to the campaign trail as soon as you can get back out there, Bobby. Um, 550 now, KTSA. So according to the Wharton School of Economics, the Biden uh, debt transference plan. Has anybody asked a question about what's going to happen with the guys who are signing up, the children who are now signing up to, to get more college loans? Does any, has anybody even asked that question about where it goes from here? 
Hmm. I wonder. So the plan is going to cost more than the marketed $330 billion price tag. Uh, Wharton School says, well, is, uh, the, the debt cancellation alone is going to cost $519 billion, with about 75% of the benefit accruing to households making 88000 or less. Loan forbearance will cost another $16 billion. The new income-driven payment program will cost another $70 billion. So now we're at $605 billion at a minimum, according to the Wharton School. <sighs> This old $300 billion you're hearing the administration toss around just ain't so. It's going to cost a whole lot more. And, and when, when the Democrats line up to get their head in the trough and all the jackasses are staring at you as you're watching their head in the trough, you know the price is going to go up and up and up. All this is is the Biden administration handing out free cash to their supporters, not only those who took out the debt, who now refuse to pay their debt. Not not only those, but like all the Democrat uh, that are running all the colleges and all the beneficiaries at the colleges and everything, all it is is just huge amounts of money that are going to them. But the Wharton School wraps it up by saying, depending on future program details to be released and potential behavioral non-static changes, total plan is over a trillion dollars. Now, where did you hear that? Right here, because I said this is going to be at least a trillion dollars. Richard Vetter, a senior fellow at the Independent Institute economics professor, said, forgiving student loans increases incentives for colleges to raise tuition and fees more aggressively. Students will be emboldened to borrow more because they don't have to pay it back. And Vetter went on to note that the empirical data shows that the most new federal student loan money ends up being absorbed by higher tuition fees, universities and their staffs benefit much more than the students. Right. Those who teach our young to hate this country, those who write the big checks to Joe Biden, $65 million in his pocket from these universities, uh-huh, yeah, they're the ones who get all this money, a trillion dollars or so to start with. That, uh, this program's not going to end as long as he's president. So this is the first trillion dollars. does nothing to stop the actual problem, which is government-backed loans giving cover for colleges to raise their prices, which they've been doing since they started to do the whole government-backed loan process. And the White House was asked again this weekend, well, who is going to pay for all of this? And the White House says, we're not going to answer that. What do you mean you're not going to answer that? No, we're not going to answer that question. Well, are you going to go up on taxes? We're not going to answer that. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, how are you going to pay for this? What <laughs> You've got to pay for this somehow. Well, we're not going to tell you. We're not going to tell you. And that's part of the problem. That is the problem. This is the, the genius of our founding fathers, that it had to start in Congress. Because in Congress, that's the body, particularly the House, that is the closest to the people. The president is not close to the people. It's the House of Representatives where all funding starts according to the Constitution. Why did they set it up that way? Because they knew if the leadership in, in D.C., the political class in D.C., was not held accountable to you, then they would just spend willy-nilly like crazy. And by the way, this is both parties. All right, Both parties have done it. And so they're not being accountable. They're not going to tell you. They're saying they're not going to tell you how they're going to pay for it. And they don't have to because the president is doing this by fiat. 
he thinks he's king or probably thinks he's God. At this point, he thinks he's Jesus, actually. <laughs> Stan Van Gundy, an outspoken supporter of President Joe Biden and a former coach of the New Orleans Pelicans and other teams in the NBA, went on Twitter Friday night criticizing Republicans and compared Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness to Jesus. That's right. Joe is Jesus. Jesus is Joe. They're one and the same. This is so dangerous, not only for these guys to be blaspheming the name of Christ like this, but it's also dangerous for our nation. You shall have no other gods before me. And whenever a nation has had other gods before the one true God, that nation has faced utter destruction. Correction at the hands of God. The meme in question from Stan Van uh, Gundy depicted a biblical account of Jesus feeding a crowd with five loaves of bread and two fish. And the uh, former coach said, well, this is Republican logic. Jesus' miracle of the loaves and fishes was a slap in the face to all people who brought their own lunch. Well, let's talk about that for just a second. I'm not going to spend much time on it because Stan Van Gundy doesn't have the brains that God gave a goose. By the way, geese don't have no brains. Um, Jesus' miracle of loaves and fishes was slapped in the face to all those who brought their own lunch. Actually, Stan, the question is, did Jesus charge the poor and the working class to feed fish to the rich? I mean, if you're going to put a meme up, let's at least go apples to apples, not apples to oranges. Let's at least be realistic in the meme, all right? If you are going to do something as blasphemous as compare little weak-kneed Joe Biden, who is a liar, a plagiarist, a guy who obviously has perverted eyes and hands toward women, obviously, just watch him on video, if you're going to compare him to the holiest of holies, Jesus Christ, the most holiest human that ever lived because he was God in human flesh, if you're going to compare Joe Biden to him, at least do it on level ground. So, I don't expect you to know the Bible that much, Stan, but let me just answer the question. It's a rhetorical question. Jesus never went to the poor or the working class and expected them to pay the rich's way. No. It never happened. You won't find that in Scripture. You won't find it in a scriptural evidence throughout that time frame. That's exactly what Joe Biden is doing with this, though, this loan transference that falls right in the laps of the poor and the working class in America to pay those whose families and households are making a quarter of a million dollars, Mr. Van Gundy. Get it right, okay? You're just like your buddy Popovich in San Antonio. You have such hate for conservatives and for traditional America that you'll lie and misconstrue the facts on purpose in order to show that hate. Another rocket going into space at about 7.33 this morning. Details coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. Atten yeah, baby. It is the 29th of August. Good morning, San Antonio. 
Trey Ware here on KTSA. There's Don, there's Jimmy, there's Elaine, as always. As I go through the headlines, the, phone is, uh, the phones are open at 210-599-5555. If you haven't been outside yet, it is extremely humid. Um, we're, we're talking about uh, these numbers being around 77, 77 dew point, and, and that's just enormously high. I mean, that, that's like throwing yourself in the dishwasher along with all the dishes in there. It's incredible. Well, today is the day, uh, about an hour and a half from now, on schedule now. We'll see if the schedule changes at all because they've had some problems along the way that Artemis is going to take flight. And it'll be NASA's first one in, like, forever that they've done. Uh, Bill Nelson, he's a former senator, is the guy who's running the, the show on this now. He was on with Chuck Todd yesterday. I watched him for a while, and it's pretty interesting stuff. I, I'm kind of like into this whole space thing and, and what lies ahead and where we're headed and all that kind of stuff. So it's 7.33 our time, and we'll try to, if, if we can dip into that, I'd like to do that if that's possible, to dip into the launch and the countdown and the blast off and all that kind of stuff. If ABC's carrying it, we can just turn it on for a second or two that'd be awesome but at 7:33 this morning they're going to shoot that thing out into space and as i understand it it's it's a precursor to actually people according to bill nelson yesterday the former senator it's a precursor to people living in space and on, on this rocket <laughs> jimmy jimmy pointed out that it's true half this rocket looks rusted <laughs> i'd have a hard time riding this thing in space man because it does i was i was thinking the same thing we were talking about this off the air a second i was thinking the same thing i looked at it i went um, that's rust. <laughs> what we do? Go get an old one that would float in the ocean and and fits it. Could you not knock the rust off of it and get some rust-oleum paint and at least spray paint this thing a white color? The, the way there's what what color is that? Is that rust or not? I, it looks pretty rusty. It looks to pretty me. rusty to yeah. me too. It's flaking off. So anyway, <laughs> looking at that going. What are you going to do with that? <laughs> Can you not paint the thing? Well, you know, Trey, in these tough economic times, seriously, you need to repurpose whatever you can exactly right. if that means a rocket you See? know loaded with you know flammable jet fuel you go right ahead. right exactly yeah mm-hmm. i'm sure I, i'm thinking that's the heat shields and they're going to yeah. be testing the heat shields so they want to be able to see where the marks and all that are so i'm just i'm having fun with the rust but it has a rust color looks pretty crappy but yeah, anyway. they could have done something else with the design i would think you know, you know. Uh, earl scheib or something like that something that thing up yeah right? yeah uh, there's Bill Nelson talking about it, and uh, he says, now here's the deal. We're going to be living in, in uh, other worlds, uh, and it could be like a floating community above that other world. He said, this, is, this Artemis today is leading us to living on the moon, and we'll be living on the moon before you know it, he said. And in fact, this is pretty interesting. He said that China's racing to get there. And China's going straight for the south pole of the moon because they believe that water is there. And if there's water there, then there's jet fuel. And if China gets there first, well, then China's going to just colonize the entire south pole and say, this is ours, you're not getting in. And China will kill you if you try to get in, right? right? So they'll blow you up or shoot one of your satellites out of the sky. They don't care if people die. Obviously, we just went through the past two years. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's like, we got to get there before them so that we can get the jet fuel or the water to make the jet fuel while we're up there. Just interesting what all is going on. This particular rocket does not have humans on board. They have three test crash test dummies on it and um, basically the way i understand it now is that this thing is going to take off it's going to loop the entire earth once and then it's going to go out to the moon and just like in the uh, tom hanks movie it's going to slingshot around the moon before it comes back so 
pretty interesting trip. It's going to take weeks for that to happen, uh, but we'll try to dip into that. In a, in a separate but kind of related uh, interesting little story, this is not – she's not on this ship. I'll say that right now. Nichelle Nichols is going to be blasted off into space, her, her remains. So she's going to be uh, joining uh, Gene Roddenberry and his wife – uh, and of course, uh, James Scotty Doohan and uh, and and Douglas Trumbull. They they've all been sent out to space, and they're out there floating now. Their their remains are hers are going to be not on this one. It's right. another time and another company. There's actually a company that does that. And sends uh, your remains into outer space. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Hey, that's good work if you can get it. Yeah, it's called Celestis, and they do space burials. They send cremated human remains out into the cosmos. So. Which is pretty interesting. I'm I'm sure it's quite an expensive burial. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think I'll stick with Shirts Funeral Home. Yeah. <laughs> Let them handle me. <laughs> I can't imagine, you know, what that something like that. Wow. Yes, your your funeral is six million dollars, sir. Yeah. Sure. Can't afford a rocket, but a couple of dudes with a shovel? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's in my need. price range. That's right. Somebody with a backhoe? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be crude about it, but my my saying has always been, you know, take what you need and burn the rest. Yeah. <laughs> right. For me. For, yeah. you know, just for, Take whatever you need. You need eyes, you need a kidney, whatever, and then burn the rest. I don't need it anymore. I won't need it anymore after this. Nope. I've gotten a good use out of it. That's right. Well... Boy, and the way I feel these yeah. days, I, I can tell you, my, I've used it up. <laughs> Been ringing the life out of that for a long time. Oh, man. Yeah. Brittany Aldean, that is Jason Aldean's wife, is now getting some slap back from all the liberals in the country music world. She is a conservative. And so is her husband, Jason. So I'm going to buy the new album. In fact, I'm going to go buy all of his albums. I do like his music. Good stuff. Um, let's see here. She's 34, and they have been increasingly vocal about being conservative. And now she's hearing from those in the trans community about talking about being uh, transgender. And she posted this. I'd like to thank my parents for not changing my gender when I went through my tomboy phase. I love this girly life. That's good. That's rich. But it did tick off Cassidy Pope, who is a country star and I think winner of, of one of those country, The Voice. Yeah, she won. Uh, Cassidy won The Voice. Cassidy said, you'd think celebs with beauty brands would see the positive in including LGBTQ people in their messaging. But instead, here we are hearing someone compare their tomboy face to someone wanting to transition. That's real nice. And then singer Marin Morris it's so easy to, like, not be a scumbag human, huh? Sell your clip-ins and zip it. Insurrection, Barbie. <clears throat> okay. So y'all are nothing but a bunch of Karens. You realize that, don't you? Because Brittany Aldean, that answered advocating for the genital mutilation of children under the disguise of love and calling it gender-affirming care is one of the world's worst evils. Right on. She went on to say some parents want to be accepted by society so badly that they're willing to make life-altering decisions for their children who aren't old enough to fully comprehend the consequences of those actions. She said it all. I've said it here. We've said it on Where and Rima. Sean has said it on his show. Jack has said it on his show. This is about the parents, not about the child. This is not about the child going to mom and dad and saying, I really want to be the opposite sex. 
No, it's about the parents who want to be so cool and accepted by the cool kids that they're mutilating their children. That's exactly what they're doing. They're mutilating their children. We had this story about this hospital who performs hysterectomies, 0 to 21. That's what was on their website. So Brittany went on to say, Ms. Aldine, Jason's wife, went on to say, love is protecting your child until they are mature enough as an adult to make their own life decisions. Amen. I've said it a million times sitting right here in this chair. Leave the children alone. If you want to play dress up on the weekends or during the week, I don't really care. If you want to play dress up, that's between you and your God and your, your thing. It's America. Play dress up. Wear all the mascara you want to wear. But leave the children alone. <clears throat> and pe- the, the, the trans community have figured this out, and they have strategically positioned themselves in schools and places of influence to uh, groom and go after children. And the cool parents out there that want to be accepted by the cool club, by the cool kids, they're the ones who are doing this to their children. And all Brittany Aldine did was point it out. She went on to say, thankful my parents allowed me to go through my tomboy phase without changing my gender. Until then, leave the children alone. Right on. And she's catching all kinds of crap for it, but she's, she doesn't care. She's not backing down. And good for you. Don't back down. Don't let the woke crowd scare you into apologizing. Apologizing is the worst thing you can do in this case. You're right, Brittany. So keep, keep preaching it, sister. Good job. I got to tell you about our friends over at Quarter Moon. Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and AC is the place when you have an issue with your AC or you have an issue with your plumbing, you call Quarter Moon. Is your AC not cooling like it once was? Well, it could be an issue with that. There's a myriad of things that could be going on. You could have a leak somewhere. might be out of Freon. might have a problem with one of the ducts up in the attic, and your AC is blowing into the attic. I don't know, but they'll find out at Quarter Moon, and they'll get it fixed at Quarter Moon at a very fair price to you. They do residential and commercial jobs. They do big and small jobs, too. You know, everything can be done by Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and AC. I really love the fact that their service trucks are fully stocked because I've been in a situation before where the service people have to run over to Lowe's. they got to run over to Home Depot. they got to run over to go get this and all that kind of stuff and wasting your time. Well, that doesn't happen with Quarter Moon. Their trucks are stocked. They're ready to go, and they're not going to waste your time at all. They're never going to send a commissioned sales rep to your home to try to sell you something you don't need. They're going to come out, they're going to shoot straight with you, and they're going to fix the situation and then get out of your hair and get on with your life. So it's plumbing, heat, AC issue. It's quarter moon at 210-651-5899. Very humid today. Some sun going to be around as well and a possible thunderstorm this afternoon with a high of 94. It is 77 right now at KTSA. 7-1. All right. 621 now, KTSA. Welcome to another Monday, baby. Elmo. You're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning, Elmo. How are you, sir? Just fine, Trey. Uh, you're talking about that rocket and the uh, rust-looking color that's <laughs> yeah. on there. Uh, yeah. Don't you think that the council and uh, Mayor 12 Tacos would uh, really be uh, doing a society favor if they were to go ahead and uh, take some of that uh, they paint on all the crops and give it to them, <laughs> them rockets and, uh, yeah. and paint it? That 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 earned him a lot of votes, wouldn't it? Uh, sure, it would. You talk, yeah, uh, a pride rocket. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, they they can't seem to get colors to, to paint the uh, military city USA that doesn't have any uh, crosswalks painted, you know, uh, supporting the veterans. But uh, 
They sure got one of them pride things down there. At the, I know. I know. I, I fought with him about that when it happened. So many other great causes you could be promoting if you wanted to paint crosswalks or just, you know, paint them white. But, you know, Elmo, that whole deal, and and, and it's a lost cause because that whole it, people of San Antonio, they don't show up to vote anyway. So, but, you know, that whole deal was just taking care of his constituency who put him in office. And, and that's the bottom line. You know, he's a payback politician. Got to pay him back, got to pay him back, payback politician. Anyway, Elmo, thank you very much. And I was just funny with the rust color. It does, It is it is rust color, but I'm sure there's a, a point and a reason for it. Big three networks, ABC, CBS, NBC. Anybody watch network television anymore? Anybody? Network television? They have had a massive loss of viewers over the past uh, decade. Streaming has shifted audience habits away from television viewing. In fact, Spoiler TV says that since 2011, the networks have lost an average of 80% of their audiences. 80% have left networks. And I get it because I'm one of, I'm in that 80%. I very rarely turn on network television anymore. So what's going on is that NBC is now talking about canceling one of their chief primetime hours. According to the Wall Street Journal... The plan that's being discussed at NBC right now would halt their primetime programming at 9 p.m. our time and then would hand that last hour between 9 and 10 p.m. before the new 10 o'clock news starts back to local affiliates. So here, WAI-TV, uh, Channel 4, News 4, would get local programming beginning at 9 p.m. if, if uh, NBC does that. The, the move is cost-cutting because all the big networks are running out of money. And so, you know, hey, we're going to give up that last hour from 9 to 10 p.m., which used to be drama, right? That was when, when the hospital series and the cops and the, and the CSIs and all that high, you know, drama, high drama, would be in there. But those shows are so expensive to produce that the networks just don't have the money. Millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars they spend on those shows. So it's all about handling, handling that, uh, that 9 to 10 p.m. hour back to the local affiliates. I don't know what, you know, what they would do with it. I have no idea, you know. I, I I guess put on some sort of you know show that they could do. What do they call those shows where they sell crap? They sell uh, infomercials. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, speaking of uh, you know being on television, do you remember what Friday was? We spent a lot of time on Friday calling out the names of thirteen service members who died in Afghanistan during Joe Biden's botched removal of the U.S. from Afghanistan. Friday, I had said to you, as I called out the names, that I didn't think that Joe Biden would do anything to commemorate that, to honor the dead, to remember the dead, um, anything at all. Because the blood's on his hands. He caused it. He caused their deaths. And he said that he would, well, avenge it, and he blew up a car with a daddy and children in it, and that was avenging it somehow. But I was right. He didn't do anything at all to commemorate and honor the dead. Instead, he was hanging out with Jay Leno. He was filming a, quote, playful segment about cars for an upcoming episode of Jay Leno's Garage. So the families went to Arlington. They laid a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier. 
The president of the United States didn't say a word about the 13 dead service members. But I'm not shocked if you remember, and I pointed this out on Friday if you were here listening, that the president, when he went to Dover, when those bodies came back and the flag-draped coffins were passing in front of him, he was looking at his watch. And then when he went to talk to the families in the back room at Dover, of course, he started to talk about his son, Bo, and how his son had died. But this past Friday, instead of commemorating and honoring the dead, he, he was in high spirits. He was laughing and joking with Jay Leno about his day filming about electric vehicles. He said it was great. It was a lot of fun. We talked about how electric cars are going to change the nation of our environment in the United States. It was really good. It was even more fun to drive an old Corvette, Biden said on Friday. I had a great time driving an old Corvette. And, man, that Ford Lightning, man, I got to drive that again, too. That was a fast son of a... You think Jesus would say that was a fast son of a... He was compared to Jesus by former basketball coach Stan Van Gundy. Said Joe Biden's like Jesus. No, don't think so. Also on Friday, we were talking about the COVID uh, COVID shots, and we were talking about the vaccines and what the Democrats said about Donald Trump last week. We're going to tell you something uh, that they're doing now in relation to that. That's coming up in our next half hour as well, and it's getting more dangerous. Liberal policies have made it much more dangerous to live in San Antonio in this area. going to tell you about that as well. Our friends over at Lifestyles Unlimited wanted me to remind you that they are there and ready with FinancialFreedomLivestream.com where you can learn how to invest in real estate. It's always a good idea to have multiple streams of income. I'm not even going to suggest to you to quit your job right now. But if you want to, you can put yourself in a position where you can quit your job. You can retire in five years or less. I know a guy that retired in just a little over two years. Now, he worked this hard, but he got it done, and he retired in a little over two years. Now, I'm not going to make any promises about what you can do because it all has to do with your mojo and your working hard and all that kind of stuff. But if you're willing to work it, they're going to give you the principles that you need, the guiding that you're going to need to be able to invest in real estate. And i got to tell you, with what's going on in the real estate market right now, opportunities are cropping up and popping up everywhere to get in on this. This is your time to strike. This is your golden moment. This is an opportunity for you that I wouldn't let pass if I were you. So talk to our friends over at Lifestyles Unlimited by logging on to FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. And make sure you use my name, Ware, W-A-R-E, FinancialFreedomLivestream.com, promo code Ware, W-A-R-E. There's no obligation to go on a website and look around. But use my name as that promo code because that way you're going to save yourself a ton of money. FinancialFreedomLivestream.com, promo code Ware, W-A-R-E. Have mercy. Have mercy. Six thirty-six now. Trey Ware, KTSA. Thanks for listening. We got your news for you. Everything's going on in your world. Running through the headlines. Coming up at seven. It's Ware and Rima. Well, if you remember last uh, week, we were talking about the uh, Democrats and they they had a hearing about uh, COVID and the vaccines and then they started to say the reason the vaccines are not working for people and the reason the vaccines are making people get ill and the more vaccines that people are taking, the more ill they are getting. You know? And it's all Donald Trump's fault.
Donald Trump did this because he rushed it. He didn't he didn't do the proper testing. Donald Trump was in a hurry to get it to the to the marketplace. And because of his hurry, and this was all in Politico last week, if you want to check me and look it up and read the article yourself, but because Donald Trump hurried people, he killed people with the vaccine. He was hurrying the vaccine. He didn't get the vaccine time enough to be tested on humans. He didn't get the vaccine time to be tested on anything. So he was killing people by hurrying the vaccine. Blah, 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 freaking blah. Well, here's your headline. Latest COVID booster shots will be released before human testing is complete. (laughs) The FDA is going to approve new COVID-19 booster shots this week before the vaccines will be tested on humans, according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, You got to love it, man. You got to love it. These people, you know what these people are? I got to tell you, man, I'm just going to be straight up. You know, they're not even partisan politicians. I mean, they are that. That's the result. Um, They're they're, they're not uh, frothing at the mouth so much about Donald Trump as they are. They're just, they're psychotic. He has caused them to have a break with reality. That's exactly what's happened here. And, And look at all the agencies that are chasing him and have been chasing him for years and now demanding that he be indicted, the New York Times on Friday, indict Donald Trump, even though it's going to cause riots in the street, even though there's, there'll be a civil war that's going to be launched in this country. That's okay. It's well worth it to protect our democracy. Donald Trump must be rotting in prison. And if you go to the Drudge Report today, they've got a picture of him there in an orange jumpsuit. They put a, his face on a guy wearing an orange jumpsuit and a mug shot. And uh, Donald Trump's going to be indicted. He's going to be indicted. He's going to be indicted. He probably will be. He probably these folks are not going to rest, and they're psychotic. They they literally have have had a break with reality, and they are chasing him so hard to indict him because they've got to get him out of the picture because he's the fly in their swamp ointment, baby. He is the guy who came from the outside and shook up the swamp and the establishment there, and they have to get rid of him no matter what it takes. Did you hear me? No matter what it takes, they have to get rid of him. So they, they blamed him for people dying from myocarditis and heart attacks, these athletes that are dying. They blamed him for all the increases in, uh, in COVID, even though he hasn't been the president for years. Well, it's because he rushed it without it being tested in human tests. Well, now they are rushing the booster without testing it in human tests. Joe Rogan was having a conversation with NFL Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers the other day about this very issue. And they were talking about the legacy media corporations who were praising vaccination as a solution to the global pandemic, politicians who broke their draconian mandates, etc. And Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, asked Joe Rogan what he would tell people who have lost their livelihoods due to the government forcing the shutdowns, the mandates, and all that. Rogan didn't even skip a beat, didn't take him two seconds. He said, vote Republican. Joe Rogan, who at one time said Barack Obama's the greatest president we've ever had. He said uh, that that's the only answer. The only answer to protect your liberty and your freedom. Wow. You sound like I am. 
Now, Americans have already begun switching the voter registration to uh, their, their status. According to voter registration data that's been analyzed by the Associated Press, more than a million voters in 43 states have shifted from Democrat to Republican. Rogan went on to say, everyone else should be able to do whatever you want to do to protect your freedom. Boom. As I've said for a long time. And by the way, I just... I just got my new uh, Grunt-style shirt, and it is this one, too. I'm going to wear this one out. When freedom is outlawed, only outlaws will be free. When freedom is outlawed, only outlaws will be free. All right, uh, Larry, you're on KTSA. Good morning to you, Larry. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I just called to say that I lost my wife to the vaccine. She died a week after her second shot. I don't blame Trump. I blame the people that pushed that. And the people that pushed that was Fauci and legacy media. Mm -hmm. They told us that there was no treatment. You had to get the vaccine. It was the only way to protect yourself. And that was a lie. In fact... Uh, countries in Africa who didn't do the vaccine but use combination of hydroxychloroquine and uh, ivermectin, they had a 50% less death rate than we had. Um, so, Larry, how do you know for sure that your wife's passing, and I'm so sorry for your loss, is a direct result or was a direct result of the vaccine? Uh, well, her heart, her heart swelled, and and I'm sorry, you know that I don't believe in coincidences. Yeah, yeah. You know, she was healthy otherwise. Then, <sighs> well, I'm so sorry again for your loss, Larry, and I thank you very much uh, for your call. It, it is uh, very tough what we're seeing happening right now with uh, the results of the vaccine and unfortunately people have have died with uh illness directly related to taking it and that's what made the forced mandates absolutely one of the most evil things that's ever been done if you chose to get it i did and i got boosted as well if you chose to get it that was fine but what the biden people did when they came into office is they told people that they had to do it or they lost their careers and thousands of people lost their careers over it and their livelihood uh lee you're on ktsa with trey good morning lee good morning i'm confused trey maybe you can clear this up Recently, Ghislaine Maxwell was found guilty of trafficking, sex trafficking young ladies. Yes, Isn't she that was. Correct. That is correct. Okay. For that to happen, there has to be another party who committed this sex act. You got it. To make this a complete crime. You got it. So they didn't name anybody on the other end, so she must be innocent. I'm confused. Yeah, well, let me tell you something, Lee. I've mentioned this uh, a million times on this show, and I'm going to continue to mention it. First of all, did you see where the mentor to Jeffrey Epstein was found in his apartment dead last week? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he was... 
Yeah. Know, the mentor to Jeff. Epstein didn't kill himself, all right? That's the first thing. Uh, but, yes, w- what I have been saying for a long time is that we there there is a customer list somewhere of the people who were the customers of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Because, yes, they were trafficking young girls to people. Very powerful, politically connected people we are told or we're led to believe. But we don't know for sure because as soon as he died and as soon as she was convicted and put away from ever being able to say anything to anybody upon the threat of death, I'm quite sure, well, then the whole thing stops, the investigation stops, and it all dries up not surprised but I, that whole thing was predictable wasn't it lee yeah i believe so and if if i was her attorney i would file an appeal and move for a vacate of the conviction yeah. because they because they didn't prove a crime was committed because there was no second party involved yeah well i think what they did and thank you lee i appreciate it. great to hear from you as always i think what they did was they they said that she trafficked in those young girls for epstein and for herself but, uh, no, I mean, we know that there were others that were involved down there. We've seen the, the, the information. We've seen the documentaries. Uh, we knew that people were flying on, quote, the Lolita Express and so on and so forth. Ozzy Osbourne says he's leaving the United States. He said, I'm fed up with people getting killed every day. God knows how many people have been shot in school shootings. There was this mass shooting in Vegas at that concert. It's blanking crazy. He said he plans to move to uh, Marcel his home in, in uh, Beverly Hills, he's put it up for $18 million uh, to his gigantic home in Buckinghamshire. He said, I'm English. I want to be back. But saying that, if my wife wants to go live in Timpugdu, I'll, I'll go. But no, it's just time for me to go home. It isn't the United States of America at all, said uh, Sharon Osborne. Nothing's united about it. It's a very weird place to live in right now. So uh, Ozzy and Sharon are going to go back to England and live out whatever days he's got left. Well, Bye. Quick break. Uh, pledge coming up. More of your calls. If you want to jump in here, 210-599-5555. i got to tell you about Amogee Bank and the great people at Amogee Bank to take care of you and your banking needs for your family, all of your family. I mean, you know, whatever the account is that you need, might be a mortgage that you're talking about, might be a car loan that you need, Amogee. They'll get you the best rates and the best in customer service. That's what it's all about. You know, they're, they're the family bank with a with a heart of, of customer service to take care of families. That, that was the creation of Amogee Bank. The leadership there, David McGee, believes in serving people and serving families and serving families well. I talk to you a lot about uh, family-run businesses, and uh, it's a great idea to get into a family-run business of your own that you either operate out of the house or that you have a location somewhere or something like that. So you're building your own dream and not the dream of somebody else. But it's difficult. You know, it's trying, but it's also extremely rewarding. And that's where Amogee comes in. They help smooth the road out for you. And, of course, they've got the money to invest as well to make sure that your family-run business is all it can be. That's Amogee. Amogee Bank. Amogee N.A. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Dre Ware appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. The stock market headed broadly lower. Both the Dow and the Nasdaq down. Retail stocks have fallen. Broadly lower today. we got a market adjustment. It's earning money the hard way. And that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. Yeah, it's 6.53 KTSA Monday at this time. Carl Eggers, CreatingRichardLives.com, joins me. We talk about what's going on. And, Carl, what happened with the market on Friday? Wow, when I tuned yeah, in, I, I, it was off like a 1,000 points or something. What, what happened, man? 
Federal Reserve, man, put, put, saying saying things again that are, uh, you know, making the markets a little volatile. You know, they remember the Federal Reserve made a massive mistake in early 2021 uh, when they kept saying inflation's transitory, transitory. In fact, Jay Powell had a speech at Jackson Hole where, where they meet every every year where he makes these comments, and he used that term five times in 2021, and. You know, remember, we were already recovering, coming out of COVID, and the Federal Reserve was continuing to keep interest rates low, acting like we were still in this massive crisis, and it led to inflation. And now they understand that, hey, they made a big mistake, and so they're trying to make up for past sins, and they're raising interest rates. And, and that's okay. They should, they should have been doing that, and they're making up for lost time. But the aggressive tone of his message Friday, what sent markets going down, where he basically said, you're going to have to feel some pain for us to get inflation down. And so what they're going to try to do, and they're already doing it, is raising rates and choking things off enough to where you, the listener, will say, I can't afford this. Uh, I don't want to borrow money anymore to uh, you know, go buy a home, go buy a car. It's getting more expensive compared to last year. Therefore, you're gonna curb, we're going to curb demand. That's what he's trying to do. We can't control the supply chain stuff, so we're going to try to get the demand side down and that's what caused the markets um to really reel because look for a while we already we've seen the economy slowing and we've seen these hikes taking effect a little bit at least the the acknowledgement of it and and, and things were already slowing down and so everybody thought he would come out and say look it's working you know at some point we will stop doing this he didn't he doubled down he said no no we're going to continue to squash inflation until we get it back where we need to. Well, I mean, um, he has no choice at this point. He's battling a White House that continues to spend, uh, and I would say drunken sailors. But of course, that's you know, as the old saying goes, that's not right for drunk to to, to drunken sailors. They're worse than that. When they uh, in two weeks in, in August alone spent more than a trillion dollars. More in well, August alone. <clears throat> yeah, but he could say that. See, they got fiscal policy and you got monetary policy, and he could say, look. We're doing what we should be doing, but we need to stop the fiscal spending because we're, we're, we're going to cause more inflation, and he's not doing that. I mean, inflation will choke itself off at some point, and he could say some of these things, but instead, well, he likes it's his gig. his job to make up for the fiscal policy. Yeah, he, he likes his gig, so he doesn't want to get canned, but well, the he, bottom line is, sure. it, you know, is he, is, it, how many basis points can he go up? And every time he does go up, then the, then the Biden White House spends more money. I mean, I, this is a little bit political, but, I mean, I'm talking about well, no, the economy. It, the, the, this, the, the economy and what they're doing is all political, how they're doing this. Well, absolutely. And he, he can keep going, and he will keep going. And the problem is, Trey, I mean, you, when you raise interest rates, it takes several months for that to trickle. Of course it economy. does. Absolutely and it does. So what, he, what he's already done is already having an effect from months ago. Right. And unfortunately, what he's doing today and the speech he's making on Friday, we're going to continue to feel the repercussions. So the problem is, is that they go too far and they break something. And many people believe they will because the Fed has a horrible track record well, of pulling off the soft landing. And the market for a while, from June and July until yeah. now, it was hoping – we would they would be able to pull this off well, i think they already have i think they already have carl and it's it's uh like you said you're, you're going to feel it months from now but if you look at housing starts and futures and where the housing market is right now i think they've already broke it and uh we won't feel it like you say we won't feel it for weeks or months uh i think we're going to feel it and i think it's going to hit sometime closer to the end of this, this year let me tell you this real quick 
from for an investors that are listening from an investment standpoint, you're going to continue to see this back and forth. I think that's frustrating where we start running and you go, okay, maybe the worst is behind us. And then you have comments like this and here we go down a thousand points and you go, my gosh, should I panic and get out? Look, you have to, you have to understand that this is going to be volatile for some time. And volatility is a two way street. Yep. Uh, absolutely right. Thank you, Carl. And we'll talk again next Monday. Carl Eggers, creating richerlives.com. Where in Rima coming up next, KTSA.